You don't need an IT guy to play your baby, alright? This is stereotype, yeah, stereotype, man. It's exactly what I did there. Did you see that? Yeah. Get an IT guy to do your slides for you. I'm kidding! Welcome to Just Married 4. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. A very good evening to all our listeners out there. Okay, we are the Jazz Married crew. Nicole to my left, Louis to my right, as usual, and I'm in the middle, Ken. And if you wish to listen to our podcast in an audio format, please remember to look us up on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on our various podcast apps, whether you're on the iPhone or on the Android by searching for Wonder TV so that you don't miss an episode. You can download our podcast for absolutely free. If you want to save from the bandwidth, of course, if you're happy to watch us here on YouTube as well. You can do that, just the same. So today's topic for us is marriage preparation. So the scenario here, guys, is if you are six months to a year away from getting married, surely there can be just about a million and one things to do to get ready for your big day. So we sit down and talk about some of these things, the ones that really matter. Okay, so for the very first topic, okay, and I think this is something that um, was unanimous mm. for all of us. We had to form a wedding committee mm-hmm. okay so this this is also um, identifying your bridal party so uh, Jifang took care of the sisters I took care of the brothers we identified them I think we gave them at least I gave them like almost a half a year head start uh, to let them know that they'll be helping out yeah um, as for the actual day church wedding the committee was a bit different I had uh, the privilege of my cell group helping out uh, from because we had worship so we had uh, the singers the worship leader the pianist guitarist uh, the AV crew uh, overall IC they were all there to help us organize uh, the whole wedding lah, from the yep. queue master when to go where when to walk where so all these people were identified pretty well in advance uh, yeah, okay. for, for my case mm. yeah we did have a team of musicians um, and they also supported us uh, because for our solemnization it was outdoor so I think we had to work together with the hotel as well Uh, but I think one key thing that was not covered yet was a wedding coordinator like I think that's a very important role that you need to uh, hopefully someone who is more um, on the ball who is tasked and organized uh, someone who keeps probably a checklist and yeah. mm. and it's also because you are the bride and the groom right like bride and the groom <laughs> yeah if you're the bride and the groom on that day you uh, tend to be very busy yeah, uh, definitely. so you cannot be expecting to deal with the hotel staff or you cannot yeah. be expecting to deal with this manager that manager yeah. uh, so the wedding coordinator is basically a go-to person mm. uh, who will work together with all these different entities on that day so for example, right, people will choose, uh, you have your maid of honour, you have your best man, and you have your wedding coordinator. For some people, it may overlap, so your best yeah. man may be your wedding coordinator, or your maid of honour may be your wedding coordinator. But it does not necessarily always have to be, do not be afraid to split the roles. You know, look at your brothers or your bridesmaid or whoever is helping you, your bridal party, and look at their strengths and weaknesses. 
weaknesses. Yeah. Not weaknesses, la, but, but yeah, like, like, like hey, you know, yeah, you wish was great yeah. at requirements gathering when we talked in the last <laughs> podcast. And he, he said he was an IT guy. So I was like, he's best man, right? So what else should a best man do? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, he naturally IT, you know. So I was like, hey, you know, if I'm going to march in, you got to play the music when, yeah. uh, like, you got to play the video for me. Do you remember playing the video during the yes, lunch? Yes, yes, yes. Let me just say, uh, <laughs> you don't need an IT guy to play your <laughs> video, right? This is this is stereotype yeah stereotype it's exactly yeah. what I did there did you see that yeah get an IT guy to do your slides for you <laughs> I'm kidding okay so um like yeah you're an IT guy yeah exactly yeah okay alright let's not push this okay, okay so, so let's face it uh yeah so we talked about that already um another thing that we talked about also coming closer to the date uh is the guest list mm. um for us uh, playing the guest list could have been uh, was quite siong also yeah. uh, because towards like two weeks before your wedding uh, mm. um, you'll be doing a lot of RSVP so you have already sent out all your wedding invites to your friends your family and by now I'm sure you have uh, encountered different people but for us um, generally we did it through uh, mobile phone and then we get their responses but uh, some of them take a little longer to confirm and you're trying to match up uh, who goes into which table so for us maybe we share our experience first um, what we did was we drew a layout me and my sisters we kind of came up with uh, table layouts and then we used Microsoft Excel to coordinate the tables and then we put them uh, into the different tables uh, obviously it's not so simple to fit uh, all 10 people because maybe you don't have 10 uni mates uh, in one table so you might need to um, do a bit of mix and match some tables you might be serving halal food as well so you should kind of take care of those situations and who goes into what table yeah. my registration system was a bit different so uh, some quick background I used to work in the card access industry so what I did for my wedding was to issue each one of my guests uh, invitation card that is actually an RFID card so this RFID card was tagged to their profile and when they came to register at the event I had my reception guy girl uh, just take the card and scan it on one of the devices and then it automatically shows them which table they'll be sitting yeah mm. so hassle-free event registration yeah very nice yeah so you can see so, the, the difference between okay yeah a bit more manual yeah task intensive uh, versus something a bit more technology driven yep KIV yeah uh, coming soon yeah for those who are interested in that service <laughs> we recommend it uh, we first poll our friends through whatsapp to say hey you know we're getting married on this date uh, can you all make it yeah uh, I think so, it's called save the date yeah so we did that I think three about three months prior la. yeah three months prior and then when they said okay then we sent out the invitation card so we kind of knew the date yep. so we just started you know spreading the message like a yeah this is the date we're getting married but the majority of it we actually left to our parents they would have a guest list yeah. they would say this is the people I intend to put here yeah. uh, in this table and what what yeah. not so they, they kind of took care of um, yeah so we let our parents or actually our moms uh, we let our moms take <laughs> yeah, care exactly take care of yeah. um, their side of the family plus their friends that they want to invite yeah. so those tables they are taken care of by them and the invites are taken care of by them we just give them the invites and they make sure they are RSVP and stuff like that 
How about like before you get married, you also consider living arrangements. Um, like after you get married, should you move in or should you move out? I think housing in Singapore can be a bit tricky. You, you can see our HDB videos on YouTube if you haven't watched it. Um, sometimes you can wait anywhere from three to four years for the whole process uh, of applying for a house and collecting the keys and then renovating your house. So we purchased the HDB in end 2011. Okay, we got married middle 2013. So after we got married, we still had about maybe a year and a half until the flat was ready. So uh, we had a, I had a conversation with my parents, uh, you know, um, trying to make arrangements uh, to see whether if Jifang could move in, if they were okay with it. Because I don't think you can, you know, you should assume that your parents are okay with it. I think not all parents are. So I think my, my parents are gracious enough for that, that, you know, they are okay with her moving in. And then on the other hand, also, I think Jifang was also okay with moving in. Because I mean, you know, the whole mother-in-law, daughter-in-law thing, right? That, yeah. That, that is, I think it's... Yeah. fitting this point that also we discussed that you know when when we were about to get married also my parents were exploring the possibility of like renovating my current place yeah. so that she could move in uh, but my mom was uh, also against it uh, not because she didn't love her my yeah. mom loves you yeah. a lot um, but also but because mainly of the relationship I think my mom wanted to protect uh, yeah. the relationship between daughter-in-law and, and things yeah. that can, can get a bit tricky if a uh, new member moves in and there's expectations yeah. I think it's the same case with, with, with my side also my mother was initially a bit resistant to Jifang moving in but it was only after a while that she opened up to that idea same, for the same reason they want to protect uh, the relationship yeah. yeah I mean given your situation was temporal and whatnot yeah. uh, you guys get nice breakfast every day and yeah yeah for My both members made, yeah, made us breakfast every day so so before that she didn't make breakfast no no she did she did for me oh, but now it's plus one oh, I see. Yeah. so you see you know it, 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 it can turn out well for us we we of course we had a, a rented place uh, my dad basically had a spare unit somewhere uh, and he was very nice enough to let us stay in it for a while before yeah. um, our current place was ready so we would rent it for about a year before we move into our new place May 2012 we applied, we for, applied HDB. for HDB yeah we and did we, and we got it on was it on your I remember it's a very significant date yeah, was it your birthday? yeah it was on my birthday yeah. as well so Again. we balloted the first time round which was the same sort of the same yes it was the same same, yeah. same one. block as uh, Louis and then we didn't get it Ah, yeah, we couldn't yeah. be neighbours, but then hey, yeah. you know, the next one we did not give up. We tried again a few months down the road and there was another launch and uh, we ended up still neighbours. Yeah. So that's the timeline yeah. if you want to plan on living arrangements. But should you then uh, move in with your parents permanently? Is that an option? What do you all think? But before that, uh, even if you're talking about, uh, you know, f either for the husband to move into the wife's family or, or, the other for the, or the other or vice versa, right? Even if it's a temporal thing, right? Yep. I think the main thing we need to, or rather you all need to do is to make sure that it, both sides are okay with it. Uh. Yeah. If let's say the wife isn't okay with it, I think you can, I think there's still avenues, other avenues to explore rather than, than, than trying mm. to... Yeah, you were telling me of one of the solutions the other day uh, that HDB offers. Okay, so HDB, if I'm not wrong, I need to check this with my wife <laughs> since she's uh, from HDB. If I'm not wrong, they do offer um, newlywed couples uh, cheaper 
rented flats for them to move in first while waiting for their BTO to be ready. Uh, okay. So yeah. intermediary yes, solutions lah. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not looking for That's expensive rent yeah. and things like that. Yes. It depends on your developer also, you know. If your developer not so good, your house may take actually may take longer than expected to be to build. So you may experience some delays and get your keys late. One so I figured that there's no one here on this table who feels very strongly like hey we should kind of all move in together one big family and then if you're planning to have kids and whatnot you know in-laws can kind of jump in and I have seen couples who can move into their parents place for a long period of time mm. But that is like, for example, you know, they live in landed property, you know, mm, you can... Multiple... Yeah, the whole top area is yeah. yours, you know, maybe that, that, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm coming from an angle whereby there's plenty to experience as a couple. Mm. And the first thing about moving out and learning independence, learning how to deal with matters like HTB, learning how to start a life together, start a family together, it's, it's a journey that you might potentially miss out if you do not move out. If you know the husband and wife do live with their in-laws on either side, is to make a very conscious effort to not be emotionally attached with the family in the sense that Okay, so moving out is a physical separation, right? From yes. your family, you know, the, the, the husband and wife physically moves out, they have their own place and then they live their own lives uh, separately uh, from their parents. But if they do stay under one roof for whatever reasons, there can be many reasons, right? You want to cut down on your costs, you want to, I don't know, what other reasons? Rent out your place. Yeah, rent out your place. Yeah. For whatever reasons, they're all okay. But if you do happen to stay under one roof, the, the, the husband or whoever who, who, whoever's family you are staying with that person either the husband or wife needs to make a conscious effort that you are now married to your wife you represent you and your yeah, wife yeah you represent you and your wife yeah. and your it's not, not that your parents represent the house and then you take that instruction yeah, yeah. and then you still expect your wife to kind of conform to that yeah. so that's what we're trying to say in a nutshell yeah. here yeah. Alright. Yeah. So if you can make that separation and still stay under the, the, the same household, that's I great. think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Another thing that we will be talking about again would be um pre-marriage course. Uh, if you haven't heard of pre-marriage course, it's basically something that you go through uh, before your wedding as you are preparing for your wedding. And uh, I'm going to put a link in the description below and it links to MSF's website that talks about um, some of the available pre-marriage uh, courses that you can look at. Um, for us, I'm not sure we, uh, you as well, we went through a alpha pre-marriage course uh, which was organized by her parents. Uh, yeah. They are trained. Um, same same curriculum so the format of this course is is in a way that you would watch a couple of videos they would share about you uh, a certain topic on that day uh, con concerning marriage and then they would have a certain segment where we would get together and then we would talk we would discuss uh, and of course the discussion would take place between the the couple uh, themselves so they have a chance to mm. to interact with each other to kind of talk about certain things that um, you know that you might not know about the other couple uh. mm -hmm. um, so for us we had an MBTI which is like a personality test the course also covers things like settling conflicts 
how to handle your finances. I think settling conflict to me lah, mm. uh, when we did the premarital, to me that was the most important topic. Mm. Okay. I mean conflicts bound to happen, bound yes. to happen, yeah. Not just in a marriage, right? I mean, in the yeah, relationship in any level. Context, yeah. But it's yeah. just a bit more uh, heightened when you move in because you see uh, this person every day and you move in the person, everything becomes crystal clear. Uh, yeah. The habits uh, and the way this person does and things. You might find your wife being a little bit more irritated to, by you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, settling conflicts is important. Yeah, but what do you remember? the lesson of setting conflict. So, okay. Don't argue beyond 10 o'clock. I, I seem to remember that. Yeah. So that's one, right? You call a timeout. You don't talk about serious topics after a certain time. So like for Jifang, right? When she gets tired. You know, when people get tired, you are a bit more cranky. Yeah, you yeah, have... Yeah. You can't think properly. You just want to sleep. Yes. And then if you bring up a serious topic. So I, I'm the kind who likes to resolve issues right away. Oh, so okay. if we have an argument at... 10 o'clock I want to resolve it by like within the next 15 minutes and for her is you know she's really oh I want to sleep really so she's tired and everything so so you have to understand lah yeah so usually you can defer it to the next day to close up the issue yeah during the university I was in the army and then we didn't get to see each other very often and there were things that we didn't really see you know eye to eye during the period that you know that seemed to be argue, arguing or we yeah, seem to be going around in a circle cool. that never ends. You don't know what you're arguing about and you're so tired, can you just stop? So my summary to this situation, the solution would be actually to set a timeout, you know, um, so that you don't talk about such stuff after certain times because the mind is just conditioning to sleep. Mm. Yeah. And also yeah. like, you know, sometimes when we keep arguing about something, it's also good to call it a timeout even though it's not 10 because you want oh, yeah. to you just want to you need your own space to think through it you know is it really that much that big of a deal yeah um, you know and then after that come back you know kind of cool it off and then you can come back and talk about it rationally again yeah, yeah. so yeah that's true so in a sense this is what, what you're seeing here is a little bit in a snippet it's something that we can't replace uh, from the pre-marriage course and, and if you were to uh, we, we certainly encourage it Yep. Uh, that if you have the the, the time uh, that to make one of these your priorities uh. yeah in fact I feel that before you even have <coughs> anything on your wedding you know that is really the most important thing you know the most important thing about your wedding day is your marriage actually yes so you, that should be the priority instead of like you know having your dream wedding your dress and all that don't get too caught up with, with that one day because kind of the marriage begins the day after your wedding fortunately we have come to the end of today's podcast so uh, don't feel so blue like us we're all in blue we oh, hope yeah, you enjoyed right. like color coordinated yeah. yeah so we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this uh, podcast of course lah bucket so let us know if you like today's episode by uh, dropping a comment below or putting a like that would mean the world to us uh, is there a topic that you would like us to discuss leave a comment as well if you got any questions do the same thing be sure to catch us on the next episode of Jess Merit this is episode 4 already we'll see you in the next one bye in the merry go round